Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I am Dr. Rosemary Celaya Alston, and I'm joined with my co-host, Marie Dahlstrom. Today, we continue our series, and the name of this podcast is Our Wounds Can Strengthen Us. Plática de la Vida talks about life. Last week, we talked about love, pain, and compassion. Compassion for ourselves and others. We build compassion by paying attention to the present moment. Life is rich with beautiful moments, like smelling the wonderful pot of beans on the stove with a tortilla hot off the press. Marie, what were your reactions to our first episode? Oh, Rosemary, I had so many feelings and thoughts after our our episode. And I really encourage our listeners to, uh, if you haven't heard our first uh, episode of Practicas de la Vida, uh, do so, uh, because it really lays uh, the foundation for what we are going to be talking about during the upcoming episodes. And there talks about topics that many of us would prefer not to talk about. And what I realized is how little time we spend talking about our true feelings. We're all busy, very busy. We're um, working, we're, we've got our commitments, we've got our families, um, and we rarely um, stop and uh, take time for ourselves. Um, we, uh, all of us say, how are you doing to people we run into? But how um, often do we really listen and to hear how someone is feeling? Or are we too busy? I do it myself. Is it too intense to hear about um, what uh, people are going through? And I realized, and I was reminded, when we spend the time to listen to those around us, we receive a gift from them. It adds richness to our lives, and it enhances our compassion. And I also thought about how much we yearn or long for our lives to be different, to be less painful. We, we yearn for life to be something different. We want a new job. We want more money. We want to live somewhere else. We all do it. It is the human condition. But I was reminded uh, in our conversation um, at, on our last episode is when we long for something different, when we long for our life to not be as painful when we are going through a challenge. We are missing a meaning and gifts in our lives. We're missing the opportunity for what life is teaching us. And we are missing the amazing moments we all have. I totally agree, Marie. You know, when I look back, one of the things that is significant that I think we all need to be reminded of is we only have one life. We are given only one life and we need to live it and let go of what was. It can hold us hostage, hostage, hostage to moving us forward 
to our dreams, to our aspirations. We need to continue to do good things for others and live every moment. Dichos and stories are central to Pláticas de la Vida. Today we are talking about the dicho, La vida no se trata de esperar a que pasa la tormenta, sino aprender a bailar bajo la lluvia. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning how to dance in the rain. Marie and I were clinical therapists in our careers and understand what it means to be traumatized, both personally and through our work professionally. We have seen and felt the level of anxieties that increases and the onset of depression occur and how it can rob families of time with our loved ones. We all experience loss and trauma, and we can see the very public trauma of the royal family who are dealing with the loss of their beloved Queen Elizabeth. They must attend to their public duties, but the impact of the trauma of the death of their matriarch, their mother, grandmother, and uh, beloved matriarch will have to be dealt with. Loss is experienced by the country of Great Britain and the entire world, as Queen Elizabeth was a constant presence for the past 70 years. Personally, our family and friends recently lost a dear friend. His death was sudden and unexpected, as he was a very healthy person, a beloved father, grandfather, friend, and doctor. His death has forever impacted me by evoking so many feelings that I hadn't anticipated. And I realize I must stop and pay attention to these feelings again and again. They're painful, but guide us as we remake our lives after we have experienced a trauma such as death, the ending of a relationship, ending of a job, or any loss in our lives. And as you said, Rose, mourning what was, mourning what was can hold us behind from being open to a new life that is in front of us. And in honor of Queen Elizabeth and a quote, it's so befitting, she shares, and I quote her, grief is the price we pay for love. A personal experience that I have reflected on throughout the years was about 30 years ago, I was asked by a dear friend to come to the hospital. She was eight months pregnant and the doctor indicated that they needed to induce labor, that the baby had already passed. Her husband was out of town far, and she only had her family members who were all at work and couldn't get to her as soon as they needed to. So she called me and asked me to be a part of a very traumatizing loss, grief experience. This would have been her third daughter. I stayed with her. Um, I helped her as she went through labor. And I blessed the baby with her as she gave it to the doctors once she went through this grueling 
process of saying goodbye and carrying a child for eight months. It left um, a major impact on me. I wasn't prepared for that experience ever in my life. Um, and working with her um, as her friend and uh, a colleague as well, I I felt responsible in in being part of her life, and we are still friends to this day, and we hold this bond together. But I got to tell you, it was tough. It's tough for her. Tough stuff for her family. Thank you for sharing that, Rosemary. Such a powerful, powerful experience you had, and one that shaped your life, and you didn't know it at the time. Not at all, Marie. You know, when living and breathing hurts, it can land us in the pathway of depression, behaviors that affect a person's mood, their thoughts, motivations, feelings, and sense of well-being. And then there's that anxiety that creeps up as well, an emotion described by dread, inner conflict, feelings of worry, or elephants stepping on your chest. What do we do? Trauma comes in many forms, and losses are losses, little or big. They can stop in our tracks. Trauma is a Greek word for meaning wound. Trauma is a mind-body reaction when an event or something happened that threatened our physical or our psychological sense of safety and well-being. These emotions often operate outside us and can play havoc in our minds. When many, when we may respond by surrendering our power into distress of our mind, our bodies, and our spirits. We can become a victim of our own thoughts, fixated on our own state of mind. Our body's physical response is to retrieve, and we go into shutdown mode. And sometimes our behaviors can spiral out of control. Experiencing trauma during childhood can even be more devastating due to the vulnerability and inability or capacity to understand and process what they're experiencing. Childhood trauma results in the loss of safety and security and may include the following, an unsafe environment, loss or separation from a parent, medical illness, witnessing abuse or child maltreatment, and even bullying, and the list goes on. Many researchers have linked traumatic experiences to changing the brain and altering certain psychological and physiological or bodily responses. Many of us know that experiencing trauma can alter your life, your behavior, attitudes, and beliefs about people, which can lead to trust issues. Trauma can also show up if we have been wounded by intergenerational trauma. What does that mean? Intergenerational trauma is defined by years of family challenges that is passed down from one generation to another, such as drug abuse, child or domestic violence, a divorce, or incarceration of a loved one. How do we live? with some of our deepest hurtful experience in our lives? Can we heal from deep hurts and trauma? How do you work 
through these struggles? How can we turn pain into art? What can we do to make the difference in our lives? We are bombarded by movies and songs in our lives that transport us to a different time and place. The art of these two things can bring us to our knees and acknowledge the pain and suffering in our lives. We can also choose the type of dance we do by using movement, listening, and creating our own safe place to grieve. To grieve innocence that was betrayal in all forms of sexual violence. To grieve the loss of a child or a loved one. To grieve the loss of limbs and senses. A pet. A loss of life due to a tragic accident. And even more recently, to grieve global pandemics, ecological disasters, riots, and mass shootings. These tragedies leave unmarked scars on our bodies and hearts that can take a lifetime to understand and come to terms with. So I want to share with you a story. Um, these are two individuals that I've known for quite a long time. I did change their names so that they have confidentiality. This is about Lupita and Luis, an immigrant couple from El Salvador, arrived in this country leaving five children behind in the care of her mother, friends, and relatives. Lupita left them behind. There was only enough money for her and her husband to feed her home due to political persecution. Luis had served in the army. Upon arriving in the United States, they went, they were sent to California, where Luis received work as a farm laborer in the lettuce fields. Luis had labor skills. However, Lupita did not. Lupita found work at a restaurant washing dishes and shares many years of being mistreated by her boss. Luis expressed, we did not know the language or have anyone to help us. And we were scared, lost, and alone in a country that sometimes is cruel and hurtful. But we had no other choice. We could not just give up. That was not an option. It has been nine years since arriving in this country. And Lupita yearns for her children and parents, who she sends money to every month, who have not been able to come to this country and join them. Lupita is 44 years of age and looks older than 70 because of the wear and tear on her mind and her body. Lupita says, regardless of what has happened in my life and the losses we have struggled with, I find happiness in just the little things of life. She adds, I'm happy we have a home with running water, electricity, and food on the table, and my faith community where I also volunteer at. I do not need more than that. I am blessed. I can help my family back home. Louis, Lupita also discloses, I won't look back on how hard this life has been because if I do, it takes me to a very dark place. And I also can't wait for life to stop being so hard to find peace of mind. Grief will be part of our lives forever. It is not helpful to our souls to blame others for our mistakes. I um, very recently um, um, read an article that um, 
uh, have so much relevance for the story that Rosemary just shared um, about Lupita and Luis. Um, Javier Zamora was born in El Salvador in 1990, um, and his family moved to the U.S. and left him with his grandparents. And he uh, has a memoir that is being published. Uh, it's an amazing journey. He traveled uh, across the, the border into the U.S. by himself at the age of nine. And he has a memoir that's being released called Solito, which is a chronicle of that journey. And even though the journey took place 20 years ago, he, uh, writing Solito, being a poet, has helped him to be able to confront the wounds and the trauma from his past. And as Rosemary talked about, we know that even though the trauma could have happened many, many years ago, it is if it just happened yesterday um, in our brains. And so... Um, using art, giving uh, words to the experiences um, that um, we have uh, experienced is an important part of healing. And we know, um, as Rosemary talked about, that so many of our families have uh, trauma from the experience of immigration. And often we don't talk about that in our families. And that's an important reason why we wanted to give voice and talk about these issues that are often um, um, seen as unspeakable because we don't want to talk. In fact, um, uh, Javier, the um, author of Solito, has shared that he, his parents still don't really know what happened to him on his journey um, immigrating here as a nine-year-old. Our mind clings to memories and regrets about the past. Our minds also spend a lot of energy in anticipating, planning, worrying about the future, that which hasn't happened. Because of the inner busyness, we often miss a lot of the beauty and richness of our life experiences. We're not experiencing life as it currently is. Mindful meditation is not making anything go away. In fact, it's helping us see our wounds from our past, our trauma, our grief in a different way, helping us to accept our beliefs and thoughts reflect how we see the world rather than the reality um, that surrounds us. In fact, our subconscious lens is always looking for negative experiences. Our ancestors had to do that in order to survive. They always had to be on the lookout for who was going to um, harm them. And yet that way of thinking doesn't serve us well now. Because we, most of us, um, live in, in um, well, we're, we're not out experiencing danger uh, all of the time. And uh, science tells us that we have the power to change our thinking, going from negative to positive. And when we do that, our brain pathways will begin to rewire. However, it takes practice. And it it helps us move 
toward positive thinking away from fear and anxiety and toward a mindset of health and away from a mindset of illness, no matter what our life um, circumstances are. On our last episode, we spoke about the importance of breathing and paying attention to the beauty in our lives. Albert Einstein said, there are two ways to live your life. One as though nothing is a miracle and the other as though everything is a miracle. We can teach ourselves how to live life as though everything is a miracle. Today, in Practicas de la Vida, or Life Practices, we are going to add to our treasure box or toolbox the technique soda that we can use when we're feeling anxious. It helps us to be able to hit the pause button in order to take a step back and to reassess a situation. So the first is stop. We can choose to stop ourselves when we catch ourselves thinking thoughts that cause us anxiety. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be late to that meeting. I'm going to be late to pick up my, my child. Hit the pause button. Take a deep breath. Observe. We can pay attention to what our thoughts are. Don't judge yourself and say, you know, oh, you know, Marie, you're always thinking negatively. No. We just observe that we are feeling bad, we're feeling, um, uh, we're um, in a hurry, stop and just observe what our thoughts are and detach. In this step, we recognize the negative and the fear-based thinking that we are often accustomed to. It's our default. We choose to detach from that pathway. We choose to say no. Because when we say no to these negative thoughts and fear-based thinking, it will take away their power. And in affirm, the final step in SOTA, We replace our negative thoughts with an affirmation, a positive thought, a positive thought that I, Marie, have had a beautiful day. I may be a few minutes late, but it will all be good. Challenge yourself to try soda and take the time throughout your day to slowly breathe in for five seconds and to breathe out for five seconds. Thank you for joining us today. Dr. Rosemary, final thought. Yes, Maria. I love um, what you shared in terms of soda. Is there more information where our readers can go to, to find out how to really take a look at this practice? Well, an easy way to do it would be to Google Google the term soda and mindful um, uh, self-compassion, mindful thinking. And it is um, a technique that um, therapists use that we, um, uh, in helping clients to be able to come to terms with anxiety. And it's an easy enough. I love the acronym soda because it helps me remember, okay, Stop, observe, 
detach and affirm because we can break the, the cycle. We can stop that uh, default to anxiety and worry. And uh, we can impact the, our brains into having more positive thinking. So, and, and solito, which means alone, so, mm-hmm. right? Yes. It's going to be coming out here pretty quick for individuals to take a look at this um, very similar Probably a lot in common journey, right? Absolutely. Javier Zamora, Z-A-M-O-R-A. Solito, a memoir. And uh, it sounds very powerful, very um, poignant um, for us to hear his story. And in fact, He said in the interview that he knows that most of the people that helped him during his journey, without whom he would have died, they became temporary family for him. He said most of them will probably not read the book, but he hopes that they will be able to um, read the acknowledgement, at least to have an understanding of what an important role they made in his life. He he won a scholarship to an Ivy League college. Um, such an amazing story, and I can't re- wait to read it when it comes out. I am looking forward to it. A lasting thought that I have, given all that we have shared today, is that, like Javier, at any given moment, you have the power to say, this is not how the story is going to I love that. I love that. You have the power to redefine your life and to determine what direction, what path your life will take. I love it. Thank you all for joining us today. Please join us next time. We're going to continue these conversations uh, about life. Um, We look forward to having you with us. Gracias. Gracias.